Section 24, Volume 3 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 3, Section 24. When it was the one hundred and sixty-eighth night, she said, it hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the slave-girl thus addressed the jeweller. And in very sooth my lady hath none by her more trusted or more trustworthy in matter of secrecy than myself. So go thou, O my master, and speed thee without delay to Ali bin Bakar, and acquaint him with this, that he may be on his guard and ward, and if the affair be discovered, we will cast about for some means whereby to save our lives." On this, continued the jeweller, I was seized with sore trouble, and the world grew dark in my sight, for the slave-girl's words. And when she was about to wend, I said to her, What reckest thou, and what is to be done? Quoth she, My counsel is that thou hasten to Ali bin Bakar, if thou be indeed his friend, and desire to save him. Thine be it to carry him this news, at once, without aught of stay and delay, or regard for far and near and mine be it to sniff about for further news. Then she took her leave of me and went away. So I rose and followed her track, and betaking myself to Ali bin Bakar, found him flattering himself with impossible expectations. When he saw me returning to him so soon, he said, I see thou hast come back to me forthwith, and only too soon. I answered, Patience, and cut short this foolish connection, and shake off the preoccupation wherein thou art for there hath befallen that which may bring about the loss of thy life and good. Now when he heard this, he was troubled and strongly moved, and said to me, O oh, my brother, tell me what hath happened. Replied I, O oh, my lord, know that such and such things have happened, and thou art lost without recourse, if thou abide in this thy house till the end of the day. At this he was confounded, and his soul well nigh departed his body. But he recovered himself and said to me, what shall I do, O my brother, and what counsel hast thou to offer? Answered I, My advice is that thou take what thou canst of thy property, and whom of thy slaves thou trustest, and flee with us to a land other than this, ere this very day come to an end. And he said, I hear and I obey. So he rose, confused and dazed like one in epilepsy, now walking and now falling, and took what came under his hand. Then he made an excuse to his household, and gave them his last injunctions, after which he loaded three camels and mounted his beast, and I did likewise. We went forth privily in disguise, and fared on, and ceased not our wayfare the rest of that day and all its night, till nigh upon morning, when we unloaded, and hobbling our camels, lay down to sleep. But we were worn with fatigue, and we neglected to keep watch, so that there fell upon us robbers who stripped us of all we had, and slew our slaves, when these would have beaten them off, leaving us naked and in the sorriest of plights, after they had taken our money, and lifted our beasts, and disappeared. As soon as they were gone we arose, and walked on till morning dawned, when we came to a village which we entered, and finding a mosque, took refuge therein, for we were naked. So we sat in a corner all that day, and we passed the next night without meat or drink, and at daybreak we prayed our dawn prayer, and sat down again. Presently, behold, a man entered, and saluting us, prayed a two-bow prayer, after which he turned to us and said, 
O folk, are ye strangers? We replied, Yes, the bandits waylaid us and stripped us naked, and we came to this town, but know none here with whom we may shelter. Quoth he, What say ye? Will ye come home with me? And, pursued the jeweller, I said to Ali bin Bakkar, Up, and let us go with him, and we shall escape two evils. The first our fear lest some one who knoweth us enter this mosque and recognize us, so that we come to disgrace, and the second that we are strangers and have no place wherein to lodge. And he answered helplessly, As thou wilt. Then the man said to us again, O oh, ye poor folk, give ear unto me and come with me to my place. And I replied, Hearkening and obedience. Whereupon he pulled off a part of his own clothes, and covered us therewith, and made his excuses to us, and spoke kindly to us. Then we arose, and accompanied him to his house, and he knocked at the door, whereupon a little slave-boy came out and opened to us. The host entered, and we followed him. When he called for a bundle of clothes and muslins for turbans, and gave us each a suit and a piece, so we dressed and turbaned ourselves, and sat us down. Presently in came a damsel with a tray of food, and set it before us, saying, Eat. We ate some small matter, and she took away the tray, after which we abode with our host till nightfall, when Ali bin Bakkar sighed and said to me, Know, O my brother, that I am a dying man past hope of life, and I would charge thee with a charge. It is that when thou seest me dead, thou go to my parent, and tell her of my decease and bid her come hither, that she may be here to receive the visits of condolence, and be present at the washing of my corpse. And do thou exhort her to bear my loss with patience. Then he fell down in a fainting fit, and when he recovered he heard a damsel singing afar off, and making verses as she sang. Thereupon he addressed himself to give ear to her, and hearken to her voice. And now he was insensible, absent from the world, and now he came to himself and anon he wept for grief and mourning at the love which had befallen him. Presently he heard the damsel who was singing repeat these couplets. Parting ran up to part from lover twain, free converse, perfect concord, friendship fain. The nights with shifting drifted us apart, would heaven I wot if we shall meet again. How bitter after meeting tis to part, may lovers ne'er endure so bitter pain. Death grip, death choke, lasts for an hour and ends, but parting tortures I in heart remain. Could we but trace where parting's house is placed, we would make parting eke of parting taste. When Ali, son of Bakar, heard the damsel's song, he sobbed one sob, and his soul quitted his body. As soon as I saw that he was dead, continued the jeweller, I committed his corpse to the care of the housemaster, and said to him, Know thou that I am going to Baghdad to tell his mother and kinsfolk that they may come hither and conduct his burial. So I betook myself to Baghdad, and going to my house changed my clothes, after which I repaired to Ali bin Bakkar's lodging. Now when his servants saw me, they came to me and questioned me of him, and I bade them ask permission for me to go in to his mother. She gave me leave, so I entered, and saluting her said, Verily, Allah ordereth the lives of all creatures by his commandment, and when he decreeth aught, there is no escaping its fulfillment, nor can any soul depart but by leave of Allah, according to the writ which affirmeth the appointed term. She guessed by these words that her son was dead, and wept with sore weeping. Then she said to me, Allah upon thee, tell me, is my son dead? I could not answer her for tears and excessive grief. And when she saw me thus, she was choked with weeping, and fell to the ground in a fit. 
As soon as she came to herself, she said to me, Tell me how it was with my son. I replied, May Allah abundantly compensate thee for his loss. And I told her all that had befallen him from beginning to end. She then asked, Did he give thee any charge? And I answered, Yes, and told her what he had said, adding, Hasten to perform his funeral. When she heard these words, she swooned away again, and when she recovered she addressed herself to do as I charged her. Then I returned to my house, and as I went along musing sadly upon the fair gifts of his youth, behold, a woman caught hold of my hand, and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and sixty-ninth night, she said, it hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the jeweller thus continued. A woman caught hold of my hand, and I looked at her, and lo, it was the slave-girl who used to come from Shams al-Nahar, and she seemed broken by grief. When we knew each other we both wept, and ceased not weeping till we reached my house, and I said to her, Knowest thou the news of the youth, Ali bin Bakar? She replied, No, by Allah! So I told her the manner of his death and all that had passed, whilst we both wept. After which, quoth I to her, How is it with thy mistress? Quoth she, The commander of the faithful would not hear a single word against her, but, for the great love he bore her, saw all her actions in a favorable light, and said to her, O Shams al-Nahar, thou art dear to me, and I will bear with thee, and bring the noses of thy foes to the grindstone. Then he bade them furnish her an apartment decorated with gold and a handsome sleeping chamber, and she abode with him in all ease of life and high favor. Now it came to pass that one day, as he sat at wine according to his custom, with his favorite concubines in presence, he bade them be seated in their several ranks, and made Shams al-Nahar sit by his side. But her patience had failed, and her disorder had redoubled upon her. Then he bade one of the damsels sing, so she took a lute, and tuning it, struck the chords, and began to sing these verses. One craved my love, and I gave all he craved of me, and tears on cheek betray how twas I came to yield. Teardrops, meseemeth, are familiar with our case, revealing what I hide, hiding what I revealed. How can I hope in secret to conceal my love, which stress of passion ever showeth unconcealed? Death, since I lost my lover is grown sweet to me. Would I knew what their joys when I shall quit the field. Now when Shams al-Nahar heard these verses sung by the slave-girl, she could not keep her seat, but fell down in a fainting fit, whereupon the caliph cast the cup from his hand and drew her to him, crying out. And the damsels also cried out, and the prince of true believers turned her over and shook her, and lo and behold, she was dead. The caliph grieved over her death with sore grief, and bade break all the vessels and dulcimers, and other instruments of mirth and music which were in the room. Then carrying her body to his closet, he abode with her for the rest of the night. When the day broke, he laid her out, and commanded to wash her, and shroud her, and bury her. And he mourned for her with sore mourning, and questioned not of her case, nor of what caused her condition. And I beg thee in Allah's name, continued the damsel, to let me know the day of the coming of Ali bin Bakar's funeral procession, that I may be present at his burial. Quoth I, For myself, where thou wilt thou canst find me, but thou, where art thou to be found, and who can come at thee where thou art? She replied, On the day of Sham al-Nahar's death, the commander of the faithful freed all her women, myself among the rest. 
and I am one of those now abiding at the tomb in such a place. So I rose and accompanied her to the burial ground, and piously visited Shem al-Nahar's tomb. After which I went my way, and ceased not to await the coming of Ali bin Bakar's funeral. When it arrived, the people of Baghdad went forth to meet it, and I went forth with them. And I saw the damsel among the women, and she the loudest of them in lamentation, crying out and wailing with a voice that rent the vitals and made the heart ache. Never was seen in Baghdad a finer funeral than his, and we ceased not to follow in crowds till we reached the cemetery, and buried him to the mercy of Almighty Allah. Nor from that time to this have I ceased to visit the tombs of Ali son of Bakar and of Sham al-Nahar. This, then, is their story, and Allah Almighty have mercy upon them. And yet is not their tale, continued Shahrazad, more wonderful than that of King Shahriman? The king asked her, and what was his tale? And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 24 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 3